This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mwakaneno and I'll be your host today. With me, I have Mary Wamai, who is an executive director at the Equity Group Holdings, and she's been with the bank for more than 16 years. Apart from that, Mary has such a wide experience in legal practice, both within equity and outside. Mary and I are going to talk about the state of gender equality, sharing her experience as a female executive director, and what she thinks is going to take Kenyan financial institutions and Africa in general to have gender representation both at staff level, managerial level, and at board level. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you very much, Ali. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. Amazing. So let's start right on. Mary, I understand that you are a director at Equity Group Holdings. What is your experience as a female executive director in one of the largest banks in the region? Thank you, Ali. It's been a very exciting journey for me uh, because uh, first of all, if you just see my profile, I joined the bank as a lawyer, really focusing only on the legal aspect of uh, the business. I helped to set up the legal department in equity. At that time, equity was only in Kenya, so it was a fairly small institution. Actually, it was a building society before the conversion to what is now Equity Bank. I set up the legal department, but then I thought I wanted more out of my career because I said it's very difficult for you to confine yourself to just the legal aspect of business. Uh, legal is supposed to support business. So I set up to understand what the business was all about, what banking was all about, what finances were all about. And over time, I actually became good at, first of all, interpreting numbers. The second thing is I tried to understand what the value drivers of the business were, what really drives the business, what drives the commercial engine of the business. So I moved uh, quite a lot. And that is why at some point the board gave me the opportunity to become the director for strategy at the group level. I led, of course, uh, together with my team members, the expansion into the region, starting with Uganda, which we did in 2008. So it's been a very good experience. And what I can say is that I got the opportunities that I required to grow my career, learn new things every day, learn new ways of doing things, and more importantly, really build my confidence as I moved on into different roles. Currently, I'm the director at the group level in charge of subsidiaries. We have uh, seven subsidiaries in seven countries. That is the banking subsidiaries. In addition, we have another three subsidiaries which are not banking. Uh, the one in insurance, the uh, one in technology, and uh, the one doing uh, social programs, that is Equity Group Foundation. So I must say that it has been a very, very good opportunity for me to grow my career. And the bank has given me all the support that I required and the opportunities to realize my full potential. Based on your interactions with different leaders in the country and different organizations, 
What do you think is the status of women in board level leadership in the country? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I'm sure you know, it's a global question that we keep on asking. And I know there are many researches that have been done to measure the level of women involvement in leadership. And uh, unfortunately, I must say that the gains made in the women's leadership or women in leadership positions has not moved very significantly in the last few years. I mean, even if you look at the US, I think we have seen a decline. Take, for instance, women executives, and here I'm talking about C-suite executives. If you look at the women's in boards of uh, the companies, the Fortune 500, that number seems to be either stagnant or declining over the last few years. So I think there's a question that we have to ask ourselves, why? If you come back home to Kenya, if you look at women on boards, we are at about 19%. We are doing better than our neighbors, although we should not compare ourselves with the neighbors who are not doing as well. Our neighbors in South Africa are about 17%. So we are doing better than them, but that doesn't mean we are doing well. So the numbers are not high because a 20% for me does not show that we are doing well. Well, it's a progress, but I can say we can do better. So what we need to think about is then, how do you change that dynamic? What are the steps we need to take to encourage women, first of all, to get involved in decision-making, uh, take leadership positions, and uh, of course, equip them with whatever capacities and capabilities and the knowledge and the confidence that they need to take up those leadership roles. So when I come to equity, for instance, we have looked at the level of involvement of women. I can attest to the fact that we are well represented, at least in equity, we are 30% in the board, both the board of Kenya and the board of the group in terms of female representation. Of course, we can do better with that number. 30% is still not where we'd want to be, but it's good progress. When you look at the staff numbers in various roles, we are a ratio of 45% women to 55% men. So we are making progress, but there's still a lot to be done. Now, what I've done in equity specifically this year on a Women's Day, thank God it was just before COVID, we had the launch of our homegrown program. We call it Equip, which is supposed to equip women for leadership positions. And that is because we realize that we can encourage the women more to take up leadership so that when you go to all levels of the organization, we are finding our women colleagues taking positions of responsibility and growing their leadership capabilities and skills and competencies uh, so that they can be well positioned as the business grows into the region and of course organically to take up the challenge. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, based on your years in legal practice, both outside the organization, which is 13 years earlier, and within the organization when you helped set up legal inequity, what do you think are some of the policies that you would like to see that would help to bring more women in the workplace in Kenya and even more women at board level? I think the first one is to build the confidence. And one of the challenges that we notice in most workplaces is uh, sexual harassment. 
and all other forms of harassment. And I'm not saying they don't happen to the men, but I think it is more prevalent that the victims might be the women. So what we have done in equity, and I'm so glad it has happened over the years with that realization that we need to give our women confidence. So we set up what we call the speak up policy. And then we have partnered with a partner in the UK who provides for us a system. I can anonymously report any instance of either sexual harassment or other harassment through that system, either anonymously, if I don't, to say who I am. And the whole mechanism for investigation is set up. And that goes right up to the board level, the governance committee of the board. So that is one thing that we achieved about two years ago. Uh, now, there are other things that we can do to encourage women in the workplace. And when we talk about the workplace and leadership, let's not confine ourselves to employment. We can also look at self-employment because that's also one of the choices that our women make these days. And there are several opportunities to build your business, etc. So we deliberately set up a product for women financing. We call it Fanikisha inequity. And it's supposed to benefit women at all levels. If you come um, as a startup, we will give you a group loan, uh, which is guaranteed by other members. If you're able to come on your own, there are several, there are five other layers of products that suit you up to, I believe it goes up to 30 million Kenya shillings for those of course who are more able. So those are the kind of initiatives that we have taken in terms of financing women enterprises. In addition to this, I'm sure you know that we set up a training program, a financial literacy training program, which is called Financial Literacy for Africa, FICA, under the group foundation. And the purpose of this was to train the women and the youth enterprises uh, in terms of good work ethics, how to manage their small businesses, how to grow their small businesses, basic account keeping and bookkeeping. And what we found is that once they went through that training, they became better managers of their businesses. And most of them are owner managers. And what we are also seeing is a situation where they are then able to grow their businesses to significant size, and they're able to employ other people to support them in their businesses. So we can do it in many ways, depending on where the women are sitting. So if they are sitting in the office, I think you also need to be very, very particular about uh, our recruitment policies, because remember, the balance starts at recruitment. It also continues when we do consider people for promotions. So it's also important for the performance management policies to be very, very sensitive and balanced so that women get the same opportunities as the men to advance to the next level. And we have been able to achieve that to a large extent. But as I said earlier, there's still a lot of work to be done to encourage the women to take more leadership positions. The other thing we can do is the training programs, not only focusing on technical training for the women, we focus also on building their leadership capabilities. We need to understand what is holding them back 
Is it the fear of taking the leadership position? Is it the lack of confidence? And then we deal with that because a lot of that just needs somebody to encourage them and tell them, you can do it, you can do it. So take up the challenge. So, and if we do that, we can really get uh, very, very, very far. We can move quite quickly. Thank you. There's something else I want us to talk about here. So a few minutes ago, I was looking at a report by an organization called Equally, and the report says that in Kenya, women are 32% less than men in the same position. So as the group executive director in charge of subsidiaries in seven countries, what do you think would help to bridge the gender gap in pay for the women that are already in the workplace? as well as improve the gender representation in Kenya and in Africa? Probably we need to start preparing for that earlier as the women grow up, because I think one of the issues that we have is the socialization of women. And this comes as they grow up. Now, if you've grown up in a mixed family, I'm sure there are times when your sister will be told, girls don't do that kind of work let the boys do that. So once you start that socialization, when the girls are very young, then they come to understand that there are some things they should not do as women. And they are not encouraged to take risks um, and to take the plunge. So then what happens is that when they enter the workplace, they don't have the courage to take the risk. And it is common knowledge. There is a lot of research on this, that when women go for interviews and men go for interviews, they behave very differently. So when you ask the man, why do you think you deserve this position? The man will go on and say, oh yeah, because you see, when I was in this place, I did that and I did so well, I got a commendation and all that. So he will speak well for himself because he's very confident he can take it. When you ask the lady interviewee the same, same question, she's not as confident because she's probably not sure. She doesn't want to take credit for what she has achieved before. So I think we we'll need to do a little bit from a very early age in terms of building the capacity of our girls to take the plunge and feel that they are good enough for the roles that are available so that even when they walk into that room and somebody asks a question, why do you think you can do this? They can comfortably say, I know I have the academic qualifications and more importantly, I have built my experience in this area and I can be a good leader. So that is something that we need to work on as a society, as a whole, but also now specifically employers, we also need to encourage you know, the training, both on the job training, but also on leadership, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can build the confidence. If we do that, that is when you will see more men applying uh, for positions that come up, even internal advertisement, how many women apply for those roles. So if you don't have the confidence or you don't think you are good enough for a job, then you don't get to a position where you say for that job, I need to be paid so much money, you know? So, but the man will go and say, I'm expecting so much money. And if they are good enough, the employer will pay them that money they have asked for. So we need to get to that point where we also demand for what we are entitled to and what we are capable of doing based on our capabilities. So the gender gap, I think is a real challenge. 
but I think with confidence building, with courage building, we should be able to bridge that quite significantly over time. But it will take time. We can start with small steps. And the small steps are, first of all, building the skills and competences and also building the confidence to show what we are capable of doing so that we can convince an employer that we deserve the salary that they are paying the male counterparts. Thank you. Terry, I'm curious. I'm looking at 16 years of banking experience and 13 years of legal experience. How do you balance the responsibilities to hedge 10 different subsidiaries and being a woman, you know, having other responsibilities as a mother and many others? How do you balance that? Thanks for that very good question, Ali. Obviously, your observation based on your question is right. For women, it's usually extra hard because in addition to having to go to the office, uh, take care of clients and uh, your colleagues, whatever they need, especially in a fast-growing organization, you also have, in my case, I have three daughters. Well, the first one just turned 28, so not too young, but you can imagine by the time I joined the bank, how old they were. Uh, my last daughter was born just before I joined the bank. She was just a few months old by the time I joined the bank and went right into that program where we were converting a building society into a bank. So what you have to do and what I did was to find a balance. And the way we find a balance is remembering that as a human being, you have several what we call the empires. You have the physical empire that takes care of your physical health. You have the soul empire that takes care of your soul and spiritual needs. You have the emotional empire that takes care of your emotional part of life. And of course you have the mind empire that takes care of the other things, the knowledge you create, the intellect that you build, the capacity you build in yourself by doing various things, including wide reading and uh, taking positions of responsibility. So you must find a balance. So what I've done is I've tried to find that balance. Of course, I've had to sacrifice a few things because between my job and my family, they take probably 95 or more of my time. So what that means is that sometimes your social empire suffers because where people invite you for a drink, oh, let's go for a drink here and there. And sometimes you just tell them, no, no, I can't make it because now after work, I'm going home. I'm going to see how the girls are. But you have to find that balance in the way that suits you. So some people will find balance in different things, but it's very, very important to do that. If you plan your time well, I always tell people that it just boils down to time management. If you plan your time well, you will have enough time to do what matters. And of course, there's an issue of how do you set your priorities? What is your number one priority? What is your number two priority? What is your number three priority? And give those ones the lie on measure of your time because time is always limited. We all have 24 hours in a day, but uh, we can determine how we spend that 24 hours in a very effective way. And if you do that, then you not run into any issues. As we finish, Mary, I understand that you're one of the speakers in the Africa Regional E-Conference for Leading Women in Banking and Finance. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. 
what are some of the things we should look forward to in your discussion? Thank you, and I'm grateful that I've been invited for this conference. We will be talking about the leadership challenge during a crisis. How do you achieve great performance during a crisis? And I just want to talk about a few things during the conference. And the first one is, how do we overcome our fear? Because, you know, the crisis came with a lot of fear. Anyone who is talking the truth will say that the first instinct was fear because it brought a lot of uncertainty and we didn't know how it was going to span out. We didn't know what will happen even the next day and not even tomorrow. You know, we didn't know what is going to happen. So there was a lot of fear that came with it. So I'll be saying that we needed to overcome that fear and turn that fear into an opportunity. And I believe that we can do that. There's a saying that goes that Turbulent times builds great leaders. And I think my message will be that it is time for us to show what we are capable of doing, to show that we have the leadership capability, even in the face of a crisis, because there'll be two objectives. And the first one is to survive the crisis, uh, both as an individual and as a business. And the second opportunity is to not just survive, but thrive in a crisis and it is possible. So that is what we are going to be talking about. We are going to be talking about what are the opportunities in this crisis? Because my professor in the business school told me that you should never waste a good crisis. So we should never waste a good crisis. And that would be my message for that day. Look for those opportunities in this crisis, build on them, and identify the green sectors, what are the sectors that are doing well in this crisis. Focus on those ones. Focus on recovering revenues, because I know most of us, if not all of us, have lost revenues during this crisis. Recover those revenues and replace them. And more importantly, look for new opportunities. If you have to change your business model, so be it. Change the business model if you have to do it so that you react positively to this crisis. So that would be my message and others in very brief words. Thank you so much. I guess that would be it for today's podcast. To my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. That was Mary Wamai for you, the group executive director in charge of subsidiaries at Equity Group. If you want to hear more on what Mary has to say, please join the Africa Regional E-Conference for Leading Women in Banking and Finance. It's going to be on the 15th and the 16th of October, and you can sign up on africaleadingwomen.com. Have a beautiful day. Have a good day too. Thank you all.